Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we are continuing our study in the book of Philippians, but we are doing something just a little bit new this morning as we're opening up to Philippians chapter 2. We, we just finished Philippians chapter 1, which is one of my all-time favorite, all-time favorite chapters in all of Scripture, but Philippians chapter 2 holds my favorite Christmas passage in it. My favorite Christmas passage in it, which we will probably be looking at tomorrow uh, just a little bit. But today, we're going to be looking at the verses that are immediately preceding my favorite Christmas passage. And so let's go ahead and let's read Philippians chapter 2 today. And it says this, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if there is any comfort of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if there is any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy. By being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those of the earth, on the earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights of the world, holding fast the word of life, so that you so that excuse me, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain nor labored in vain. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also shall uh, be glad and rejoice with me. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know of your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state, for all seek their own and not the things which are Christ of Christ Jesus. But you know his person, character, and that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him at once, as soon as I see how it goes with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also come to you shortly. Yet I considered it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need, since he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. For indeed, he was sick almost unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him also, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I sent him the more eagerly that when you see him again, you may rejoice and that I may be less sorrowful. 
Uh, receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such men in esteem because for the work of Christ he came close to death, not regarding his life to supply what was lacking in your service towards me. Well, this morning we're going to be focusing in here on verses one through four, and it says this, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if there's any comfort of love, if there's any fellowship of the spirit, if there's any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Now, of course, we know that there is consolation in Christ. We know that there is comfort and love. We know that there is fellowship of the Spirit. And we know, of course, that there is affection and mercy. And because of those things, the Apostle Paul then goes and he says, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Now, this is important to understand that unity makes those who are godly rejoice. Unity makes those who are godly rejoice. In fact, unity is what we should be striving for, but unity is important to understand that unity is not just a, a simple agreement, but it's agreement about truth. In fact, if there's not agreement about truth, if there's not agreement about the Word of God, then there's not real unity. You can't be biblically unified over error. That's the reality of it. In fact, the person who brings uh, error into the conversation, the person who brings error into the church, the person who brings false teaching into the church, that's the person who is bringing disunity into the church. And that's important to understand. But we see this unity, and it's being described in this way. First of all, being like-minded, then having the same love, and then being of one accord of one mind. And we see here this concept that we are to go into think the same way, we're to go to have the same affections or the same love or that same driving force that's in our life as one another as Christians. This is important to understand. The thing that, that ultimately gets us out of bed in the morning as Christians, it should be the same thing. It should be to glorify God. It should be to go and to share the gospel. It should be to go and to disciple others. These are the things that should motivate us. We should have the same love. Then we should be of one accord. Now, this is an interesting concept because you're thinking, well, isn't this unity all just kind of the same thing? Well, no, of one mind is that we should think in the same way. Uh, of, uh, of one love means that we should have the same motivations there, the things that we love. We should be returning to our first love. We should be holding on to that first love uh, that we have, which of course is Christ Jesus, and then we should love others. But being of one accord this brings the concept, it paints the picture of us sticking together as Christians. You see, you could be of one mind, think the same way. You could go and have the same love, love the same things, uh, and you could have those that same mindset and have the same love as somebody who's clear across the world who you never interact with, and, and you meet them one time when you're out on vacation or something like that, uh, or maybe they're the ones who are out on vacation, and you run into them and you realize, wow, I'm like-minded with this person. Wow, we both love Jesus Christ. But that's not being of one accord. 
See, the Apostle Paul is going in and saying, look, you, you need more than just being of one mind. You need more than just having the same love. Have you ever had this happen before? I remember uh, when my wife and I were on our honeymoon and uh, we were going into town in the Bahamas. We, we met this, uh, this taxi cab driver. And this taxi cab driver, uh, it was my goal that I was going to share the gospel with him. But before I could even get a chance to share the gospel with him, he started preaching to me. And he preached through the entire Bible, it felt like. It was it was a wonderful thing. I don't say that in a bad way. He went from Genesis to Revelation, making all these connections, using a scarlet thread, how Jesus is in it, and all through it. And I mean, it was great. I was sitting there amening. I was going, man, this is exactly how I would, what would go and present it. It was just incredible. And, and afterwards, you know, we went, we prayed with one another, and, and it was great. We were of one mind. We were uh, we were of, of one love. I mean, we had the same love, had the same mind. But, you know, I've never met that guy again. I, I've never fellowshiped with him again. We're not of one accord. We're, 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 we, come, we come from the same cloth, but we're not a cord that is interwoven, interwoven, excuse me, where our lives are together and bound together and coming in their crisscrossing and and then we're going and presenting that same mindset. We're using it on a daily basis or at least a weekly basis where we're crossing our paths and we're using that same love that we have and it's crossing our paths and we're going and we're unifying together and we're stronger when we're actually together. Why? Well, because there's a geographical difference. There's a great geographical difference. Our life isn't lived together. But true unity isn't just that you think the same. It's not just that you have the same affections, the same loves. It's also that you actually do life together and you strengthen one another. A cord that is together, a three-strand cord, is much stronger than three separate cords. You're stronger together. But then he says... In verse 3 and 4, he gives the, the, the path as to how you can really have this kind of unity. And it starts, it says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. So the first thing is, is that you can't be going in, in if you want to have unity, the, the thing that you have to understand is that you have to get over yourself. If you want to have unity, if you want to go and and not just fulfill like the Apostle Paul's joy, but also, you know, a, a, a spiritual father's joy, but you also need to go into, if you want to fulfill God's joy, if you want to go and do what he says, because he wants us to be one, he wants us to have that unity as well, you need to get over yourself. You can't be going and acting out of your selfish ambition or conceit. You, you can't do that. You can't have it be about you. You have to stop doing things for the motivation of you. You have to get something that's bigger than you. And of course, that is Jesus Christ himself. You need to let him be your motivation. But then it goes and it gives us the second thing that we need, and that is in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. You know, it's not just that we need to be going and getting over ourselves, making Christ be our focal point, but then we need to lower ourselves in our mind. Isn't it easy to be high-minded, to think really well of yourself? Have you ever uh, met those people who they're, they're constantly just giving themselves pats on the back? That's, you know, if, if they didn't do it, nobody else would, but they're going to make sure that 
that they get that done and they're going to continue to pat themselves on the back. You've probably met people like that, always saying how how great they are, how great of a job they did. But but you need to go and you need to have a lowliness of mind and you need to esteem others better than yourself. So it's not just that you need to have a focus in on Christ, but then you need to have others next. You need to have others next. You know, there's a a, a simple little kid's song that, that encaptures this. It, it goes and it says, Jesus and others and you, what a wonderful way to spell joy. J is for Jesus, for he is for first place. O is for others you meet face to face. Y is for you, for you should come last. And that's how we spell joy, J-O-Y, joy. And it's it's one of those things that, though it's a simple children's song, this is the blueprint to joy, but it's also the blueprint to unity. Jesus first, others second, and then you need to come last. But then we see here in that fourth thing, it says, let each of you look out not only for your own interests, but for the interest of others. You know, are you seeking to just go and to get ahead in life, to do what's best for you, or are you seeking to stop and to look and to say, how can I raise others up? You know, this is where true unity is found, is when you show true loyalty to others, and when you're showing true loyalty to others, it means that you're stopping and you're saying, look, I'm not trying to use you as a stepping stone as the, the the waters come in, as the as the tide of the blessing comes in, we want it to raise us all up. I'm not just trying to step on top of you, but I want it to come and to raise you up, to pick you up as well. In fact, I'm going to go and be reaching and trying to lift you up. As God goes and elevates me, I'm hoping that he is elevating you and lifting you up, and I'm going to seek to raise you up with me, because I'm not just looking out for my interest, I'm looking out for your interest. I'm not trying to go and to get every ounce out of something that I possibly can. I'm looking to go and to see how can I help my neighbor. And if you have this kind of a mindset where you say, look, I'm not focused in on myself, I'm focused in on Jesus Christ. In fact, I'm not just not focused in on myself and I'm focused on Jesus, but I'm looking out for others and I'm looking out for their interests, not just mine. That's how you're going to have a blueprint, a successful blueprint to gaining unity. Everybody's focusing in on Christ. Everybody's looking out for each other. Everybody is going and seeking not only their interests, because you do want to do what's best. You do want to have success in life, but you're looking out for the interests then of others. You know, does that describe you today? Are you self-absorbed, looking out only for you, or are you looking out to try to make others better? Are you focusing in on Jesus, or are you all about yourself? If you're all about yourself, if you're not looking out for the interest of others, the reality of it is is that you're the problem as to why there's disunity around you. You're the problem as to why you're not bringing joy to Jesus in the way that you should. Because Jesus wants unity, and that means you need to be of the same mind. It means you need to be of the same affections, the same love. And it means that you need to be of one accord, doing life together. And when you do life together, you're focused on Jesus. You're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about that person next to you, and you're looking out for their interest, not just your own. And when you do that, there's going to be great unity and 
you're going to make Jesus pretty happy. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. But even in darkness, we hold to the promise There's nothing we can't overcome So that war you've been fighting will end in God's timing Sing like the battle's been won Then you feel it, the song that is rising Then you can't help but let it out If you're trusting in faith already